Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, January 31st. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in the New York tri-state area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Christina Lulich. And I'm Caroline Ely. And here's What's What near you. The New York City Council is holding a public hearing to examine 11 bills that are aimed at regulating e-bikes. One of the proposed bills would require that motorized vehicles like e-bikes and e-scooters be licensed and registered. The bill is intended to make our streets safer and address illegal vehicles. Last year, 18 people died in battery-related fires. But some people think that this bill won't be an effective way to prevent accidents that can occur because of e-bikes. Transportation Alternatives is a group that pushes for safe, equitable streets in New York City. They say the bill will put an unnecessary burden on bike and scooter riders. Also, the group says the licensing and registration system would cost a lot of money for New Yorkers and it won't be enforced equitably. The bill could lead to unnecessary stops of cyclists and riders. In 2022, the NYPD issued 90% of tickets for riding on the sidewalk to people of color. That's according to a study conducted by Transportation Alternatives. The New York City Council overrode Mayor Eric Adams' veto of the How Many Stops Act. WFUV's Alexandra Fow reports on the surprising remarks Adams made about the bill. Mayor Adams says that though he is opposed to the How Many Stops Act, he would support amendments made to it. For example, removing the clause that police officers must document level one interactions, which include things such as a lost dog. Adams says that the bill would decrease safety due to longer response times, but he supports the police transparency that the bill would provide. Public safety injustice. You can't have just public safety. You can't have just justice. You have to make sure that we have both. That's the balance. Nothing should get in the way of this city being safe. Adams also says that he does support police documenting escalated interactions and higher level stops, such as being pulled over while driving or being suspected of a crime. I'm Alexandra Fow, WFUV News. New York City police held their annual State of the NYPD address this morning, and WFUV's Lainey Nguyen reports on the force's updated crime statistics and new uses of technology. NYPD Commissioner Edward Cabin delivered the State of the NYPD address today. Cabin says that overall crime is down since 2022. He says a big part of the decline in crime can be attributed to Mayor Adams. I don't think the NYPD has ever had a stronger ally at City Hall. The address also covered a couple of new pieces of NYPD technology, like Apple AirTags to track vehicles and surveillance drones. This comes shortly after the City Council's decision to override Mayor Adams' veto of the How Many Stops Act. I'm Lainey Nguyen, WFUV News. Tech CEOs testified this morning at a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing about child safety issues on social media platforms. The hearing will bring together the CEOs of X, formerly Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Meta, and Snap to address concerns and questions about how platforms are considering their impact on children. Such committee meetings with tech CEOs have often been adversarial, and this hearing was no different. But representatives from some of the tech companies offered olive branches to senators and the public. They say they'll provide legislative endorsements and policy assurances on user safety. Following this morning's Senate hearing on Capitol Hill, there will be a more local discussion as well. Here in New York, Attorney General Letitia James will join other activists to discuss protecting children's safety and privacy online. And State Senator Andrew Gennardis and the hashtag Half the Story Project founder Larissa May will also attend the event. 
Hashtag Half the Story is a nonprofit organization aimed at empowering the next generation's relationship with technology. Ground has officially broken on a new science-themed play area at Hudson River Park's Pier 26. The playground, located at North Moore Street, will be a 4,000-square-foot marine science-themed space. It features custom interactive sculptural elements where children can learn, play, and be inspired by the wildlife of the Hudson River habitat. The specialized playground aims to be an outdoor extension of the environmental programming planned for the future Hudson River Estuarium. It'll complement the ecology-inspired design of Pier 26. The play area will also include custom play structures in the shape of endangered sturgeon species, like the Atlantic River sturgeon and the short-nosed sturgeon. They're both native to the Hudson River. Noreen Doyle, the president and CEO of the Hudson River Park Trust, says the playground has been thoughtfully designed to advance the two key aspects of their mission, play and environmental education. Broadway star Chita Rivera has died in New York after succumbing to a brief illness. She was best known for her portrayal of Anita on West Side Story and Velma Kelly on Chicago. The two-time Tony Award winner graced the big stage for six decades. She was a trailblazing Latina actress and one of the first to star in a Broadway show. The current cast of Chicago paid tribute after they found that the star who originated the role of Velma had passed. Rita Moreno, who played Anita in the film adaptation of West Side Story, said Cheetah Rivera is eternal. Cheetah Rivera was 91. The Partnership to End Addiction is a national organization working to prevent dependency on substances and provide effective treatment for people and their families. WFUV's David Escobar sits down with Emily Feinstein, the partnership's executive vice president, to learn more about her organization's work. It's part of our Strike Accord public service campaign highlighting organizations responding to the opioid epidemic. Why was the partnership to end addiction? Why was it founded? Addiction costs our country trillions of dollars and costs families hundreds of thousands of lives. With the opioid epidemic, the need for effective solutions has never been greater. Addiction is a disease that can be prevented and treated, but most people have no idea what to do. That's why we were founded to help people find answers. And can you talk a little bit more about the kinds of work that you do on the ground at this organization? The folks at Partnership to End Addiction have been working for decades on solving this public health crisis. We help people know what to do by providing families and professionals with trusted information that's based in science and rooted in compassion. So we do a number of things to help people. We conduct research to figure out what works, We offer direct support for families who are caring for a loved one with addiction. We train healthcare providers in the best treatments, uh, particularly treatments for adolescents and young adults. We partner with communities to promote prevention and train people on how to do that work. And we suggest better policies that treat addiction like a public health issue and not a crime. What do you find most important about the work that your organization does overall? We've been studying addiction for decades, and we know that this is a solvable crisis. It really comes down to three things, preventing addiction before it starts, getting people good treatment early when they need it, and engaging families. Because we know that when families are involved the right way, outcomes are better. So I think one of the most impactful things that we have done is bring the family voice into this discussion. Um, We've also highlighted the need for effective treatments targeted for adolescents and young adults because nine times out of 10, addiction starts during adolescence. 
we really know that in most cases, addiction starts with substance use during adolescence because the developing brain is more vulnerable to alcohol and drugs. So what we want to do is delay that first use as long as possible. And then if addiction does begin, we want to get people help they need. We want to treat it well and early. And for young people in particular, that means also involving the family. We offer free, confidential support, education, and coaching to family members who are concerned about a loved one's addiction. So we're talking about why you find this organization important. Are there any particular stories that stick out to you um, about the people that you've served? Absolutely. I have two. One young man in recovery shared that his mom was his number one support and the reason he made it through. One day when he was in early recovery, he asked his mom if he could read the text messages she was receiving from us through our Help and Hope program. And he said he literally cried because we got it right. Another mom shared with us that after working with us for a while, her child said to her, I love you. And she was astounded because she thought she might never hear that again. How can people support your organization in the work you're doing? Two-thirds of adults in America say that either they personally or a family member has experienced addiction to alcohol or drugs or an overdose. Almost everybody knows someone with a family member who is struggling with addiction. People can help by reaching out and sharing information with them. Send them to our website, drugfree.org, so that we can help them. All of our family support is supported by donations. So, of course, we love it when people donate to help us. But there are other ways to get involved, too. Please sign up for our emails. You can volunteer. You can help spread the message. You can promote public awareness. That was WFEV's David Escobar speaking with Emily Feinstein, the executive vice president at the Partnership to End Addiction. To learn about how you can get involved, visit drugfree.org. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for the latest news, exclusive interviews, and feature stories from FUV. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Christina Lulich. And I'm Caroline Ely. And that's What's What.